Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. LA has this beautiful combination of both. It's a very goal-oriented city, I feel like. People have a plan, uh, and maybe they follow through on the plan, or maybe they don't. But for us, it's a very inspiring place to be because there's a lot of dreaming going on here, and people are not afraid to shoot for the moon and try to go all the way. And So for us, it's been a great place to be. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised L.A., and I created We Are L.A. Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Hi, this is Joseph Ogin and I'm a product manager. I built platforms used by AOL, Coca-Cola, and National Geographic. I love listening to We Are LA Tech because Esprit and her team really make it easy for us to understand the LA Tech community and really break down how companies and users can utilize this new emerging technologies to build businesses and connect with their communities can follow me online at josephhogin.com. That's Joseph Hogin, H-O-L-G-U-I-N.com. Welcome to the We Are LA Tech podcast, spotlighting LA tech companies and talent. What's going on, everyone? This is Felice Lize, and I am a producer, musician, entrepreneur, and emerging technology enthusiast, founder of my content production company, Sweet Spot Studios. I'm guest hosting for my good friend, Esprit Devora, and I am so excited to be here today chatting with one of's co-founder, Joshua James, and senior vice president, Thomas Fiss. One of builds consumer-friendly Web3 software for global brands. I truly believe that in order for mass adoption to happen with all of these emerging technologies, they have to become seamless and accessible to the consumer. Entertainment is such an excellent gateway to introducing practical uses of these technologies. And that's why I'm so excited to chat with Josh and Thomas today all about how one of is introducing consumers to Web3 technology through entertainment. So let's get into this conversation with Joshua and Thomas from one of. All righty, we are here with Joshua James, co-founder of one of, and we also have Thomas Fiss, SVP of Strategic Partnerships at one of. I'm very excited to speak with you both. I know we mentioned we were when we were chatting right before we got on that, you know, t- speaking with companies that are in the entertainment area of Web3 is always really exciting to me. I think it's so important for mass adoption that we make the Web3 technologies something digestible for the general public. And I think entertainment is a great gateway for that. So I would love to just dive in and kind of learn a little bit more about the two of you. Why don't you just tell me a little bit about what you do and who you are and whoever wants to jump in first, go for it. 
First of all, thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Um, my name is Joshua James, and I am the co-founder uh, at One of, along with Adam Fell and Lynn Dye. Uh, we started the company about two and a half years ago for the exact premise that you actually said at the beginning of, of, of the podcast, which is that we thought that Web3 was confusing. No offense to the nerds, and I'm one of them, but that it was nerds building for nerds. Um, and we really wanted it to be um, for the, for, for the masses, for everybody. And so, you know, we build web three software and we like to say, we're trying to bring the next 500 million people into web three by making it easy, by making it not about web three. I think a bunch of tech slogans is confusing and distracting and makes it sound hard and complicated. And all people really care about is what it does, not what the buzzwords around what it does are. And so, you know, we've built the whole company around that. We, We've done everything from Doji Cat to the Grammys to American Express. You know, we're, we're, we're all over the place. We really think we have a software package that can fit almost any brand or, or, or artist. So that was a lot. Sorry. Thomas, go ahead. You, no, it was all amazing because you made me so excited. I mean, you guys can see me visually getting excited because I say that all the time. I love nerds. I'm a nerd. However... I'm also on the entertainment side of things, and I think that that is so important. So, yes. Tell us about yourself, Thomas. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well said, Josh. Um, so, hi, everyone. Thomas Fist, SVP of Strategic Partnerships at one of. I look after all the fun stuff. I look after all the collaborations and partnerships that we do with both artists and brands and creators and um, you know, all the other IP that doesn't fit into those buckets I look after. So my career, I think similar to yours is, is a little unique. I started off in the music business myself. I was an artist on Capitol Records, quickly found myself wanting to get into the business side of things to ultimately protect creative integrity and protect artistry and make sure that there was, you know, win-win deals on the table and opportunity for creators, including brands. And so, um, you know, going back to what Josh just mentioned, that's why I'm honestly thrilled and fortunate to be here and to um, help shape, I think, this next generation of artistry into Web3. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be part of it. So cool. And I love that your background is, comes from being an artist. Um, I think that there's also a really cool moment happening for artists in Web3 to be now an executive and an artist. Um, a lot of Web3 companies are bringing on artists as executives to help really bridge that gap between the technology and art. So I love that that's your background. Um, well, this is a tech podcast, not necessarily Web3 only podcast. So for the listeners, can you explain in the plainest of terms what one of does in the Web3 space in relation to technology and, and art and entertainment? We build and deploy uh, mass consumer Web3 technology for both brands and creators. As Josh mentioned, we make um, really easy and frictionless uh, software. Yeah, you know, our, our CEO likes to joke that um, his mom can use our software. She doesn't really know how famous she is. She's in almost every single meeting. She, she says, my mom could use the software. Um, and But it's honestly true. That's what we think of. It goes back to the nerd thing earlier. We, we really built, or we're building Web3 software for Web2 people, not for Web3 people. And it's an interesting twist um, because most of our competitors, I guess, would, would maybe even the wrong word, are, are focused on a space that they're already in. We're focused on bringing people into the space. 
I think that's the only way that this technology is going to make it um, is if it becomes something that is easy for your mom to use. Um, I I love I love that that's your focus uh, when you say that it's something that your mom can use. Can you give us some examples? Because I think that a lot of people get um, very confused about Web3 technology in general. They just look at NF- NFTs and they think they're just, you know, JPEGs that are expensive. But, you know, as we know, NFTs can be used in so many different ways. So could you give us like a little bit of uh, just, you know, dive into a little bit of some examples of how you're using Sure. I mean, just a the super obvious use case since you just talked about it what was NFTs. Um, you know, most platforms, and it's gotten a little better in the last few months, but most platforms, especially two years ago, to buy an NFT was an hours-long process of forming a wallet, signing up, getting authenticated, you know, KY, all these little verifications. Our system, you need an email address and a phone number, and you can sign up in about 60 seconds and purchase an NFT. And that's really the starting point of the company. That was the first thing we ever did way back two and a half years ago was set up a process that was that easy. And it kind of became our calling card. It's honestly why a bunch of brands came our way and said, hey, can we use your onboarding software for ourselves? And that's really where the whole brand sort of component came. But, you know, going back to, to answer your question, it was just making it really, really easy. You can you can sign up and buy your first crypto purchase in two minutes um, without any crypto knowledge at all. I mean, you know, so we talked about DojiCat a bit. So DojiCat was our first client ever, actually, was DojiCat. And we sold, I think, 25,000 NFTs. Uh, and I would hazard a guess that 90% of them, it was their first blockchain purchase of any kind in their life. And if you ask them what blockchain it was minted on, they didn't know because that wasn't why they bought it. We were selling $15, $25, $50 NFTs of DojiCat, and people were buying them because they loved DojiCat, not because they were expecting it to be the next board ape uh, or anything like that. And so it, it was really a different concept than most of us, what else was out there. No, that's really interesting because I think that there's a, a huge culture of um in within the web3 native i'm going to just call it web3 native community people that are already using the technology that have a big collector mindset and that's great but i don't think that's the only thing that you know the general public is going to want not everybody's a collector some people are just fans of music and they want different ways to interact with the music i have so many questions and i have to make sure i go to the next question because i'm like let's talk about like you know which blockchain let's talk no um but let's talk about when you guys are creating so when you're working with an artist like doja cat how involved is one of in creating the whole experience of what that that whole collection or product digital product digital collectible is going to be about we're pretty deeply involved honestly but you know just like anything any other successful partnership, um, it really does start with the artist, right? Like, what are they trying to achieve? And then working backwards immediately into, okay, well, what's going to be meaningful and the most beneficial for their audience and for the fans? And so, again, creating a frictionless entry point, making it about the fan and artist connection. Great, there's the Web3 connectivity right there. And then everything else is really the magic sauce. What's the utility? You know, what does the artwork look like? What are those experiences? What's the redemption process? It all from our perspective, you know, we have resourcing to really provide a full lift for, you know, different creators at any point in time. Um, And so we can bring the expertise to the table, but really it comes down to the artist and the creator of what are you looking to produce and and bring to bring to market. And I think that's where we've had the most fun, honestly, is is bringing some strategy to the table um, outside of the software. So. 
Yeah, if I can even add, sorry to jump in, two, two things on top of that is, you know, probably more than 50% of our work now is with brands. Uh, we still work a lot with artists, but and their needs are almost exactly the same as as, as artists. They want to engage deeper with their customers. Um, they want to create sort of a fun back and forth in the Web3 space. Um, but, you know, to answer your, your initial question, which is, is that it really runs the gamut. Sometimes people come to us with exactly what they want to do, and they say, we want to do this, sell it for us, help us market it, do your thing. And sometimes they come to us and say, we really want to do something, but we have absolutely no idea what we want to do. Can you help us figure it out? And so clients really go that wide of a range. It, it really just depends. Cool. Are you guys only working with large brands, larger? When I say large, I mean like more, not not necessarily micro influencers, but just mass, you know, artists that are kind of uh, on a mass appeal level. Or are you working with all kinds of different artists at different stages and different brands at different stages? You know, the spectrum is that is that entirely what you just described, right? So we've worked with emerging artists and bringing their audiences to market several of the brands we work with fortune 100 companies that have, you know, deep tech stacks and they're looking to integrate web three, um, as a way to augment, you know, not only the data that they already have, but ways that they can communicate with their audiences and their consumers. When Josh, you know, kicked us off, you know, he mentioned that we really provide a full range of services and it's really about that. It's about plugging into what, 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 what our partners are looking for ultimately. Well, you're also teeing me up for a plug, which is uh, just yesterday, in fact, uh, we announced, uh, teased, uh, I guess is the way to say it, um, that we will be launching uh, Creator Self Mint on our platform, which allows anyone, uh, initially it will be uh, approved and sort of curated in phase one, but when we get to phase two and phase three, anybody can essentially go on our platform and create digital assets to to sell. Um, and again, going back to, Lindai's mom were making it so easy that your mom could sell stuff on the platform. So yeah, we just announced that yesterday. So if, if anybody wants to go to oneof.com, you can actually sign up and you'll be first to, to hear about it. So I'm excited. I'm going to go sign up. That's awesome. That is, that is really great. So essentially for that area or that new um, release, are you kind of like setting that up in a way like where it's an onboarding sort of being being framed as an onboarding platform for creators to be able to have an easier on-ramp experience for their um for their you know collectors or you know audience or is it also going to have like features in there where you know they can help it will help them like set up the actual um nfts themselves um what kind of could you could you or are you allowed to share a little bit more it's actually all of that. I mean, in the early phases, it's a little bit more simple and then it's going to sort of get more complex over time. But, you know, the thing we saw in the space that was a little bit disconcerting was that you could be a brilliant artist, but if you weren't a crypto nerd, you were basically locked out of the space. So then you had to be both a crypto expert and an artist at the same time to be in the space. And I don't think that that necessarily is creating the best art, the best creatives. And many, many creatives are good at the creative part of what they do, but not necessarily the technical part of what they do. Um, and so we're trying to make it easy so that, you know, if you have a brilliant idea, um, you can put it out there without needing to, you know, be, be a blockchain PhD. I love that. I think that that makes it easier also when we talk about 
bringing on the mass adoption. We also have to bring on more creators into the space. And oftentimes when I'm speaking to creators who are not Web3 native per se, they are very intimidated by the technology or don't really understand why it matters. And one of the things that I always say is like, I don't think the other platforms are going away necessarily. Like they're still going to be streaming. We're still going to be streaming music on Apple Music or Spotify or whatever else comes, you know, comes out in the future, but we have to figure out ways where this technology is enhancing and adding other revenue streams for artists. Are there any particular, like, you know, uh, ways that, you know, your platform is allowing artists to create that extra layer of where it matters to their audience to actually go and collect it versus it um, just being necessarily like a, a traditional NFT, you know, collection of sort? I'd actually shift it to, you know, again going going back earlier. We're uh, the majority, I would say, of our of our client roster now is really focused around um, brands and and onboarding their audiences. And so when we took, you know, this is this is months ago, we took a step back and realized, okay, putting our marketing hat on for a moment, it doesn't make a tremendous amount of sense for a brand to send their audiences to a third party marketplace. A brand should be bringing audiences in and nurturing them and, you know, creating experiences, capturing those audiences and data points, and then continuing that, that, that relationship. So when we look at it from that perspective, you know, we, we essentially work as an integration software for a lot of these brands and their MarTech stacks. And we allow them to deploy essentially invisible web three things to their audiences so right now we're looking at rewards and um, rewards and experiences as a way to tokenize rewards and experiences and reward customers for doing the things that they would normally do, um, but enabling them to have peer-to-peer experiences with those rewards. So an example of this would be if I'm a customer of X brand and I've put in you know, a tremendous amount of time and energy with filling out a survey or buying certain things and I've earned points or reward, for an event, an in-person event, let's say, um, and I can't attend, um, well, I, I don't want to just not attend because suddenly I feel slighted that I took all those actions for this brand and now I can't attend. Like that leaves me a little irked. Um, in our world, in, in this scenario that we can provide and power for brands is now there's a peer-to-peer marketplace where those rewards can be traded with other customers that can attend and maybe do want that experience. And so that's really the special sauce is creating those peer-to-peer experiences, those micro-communities, those, those digital centers where customers and, and consumers can engage with one another. And it really, again, it fortifies the brand in a new environment, new space. Now, from the brand's perspective, this is really interesting because now, in addition to email, SMS, push notifications, other, other forms of communication they have with their customers, now all of a sudden they have Web3 capability. So now we have airdrop capability. We have vault content capability where we can send exclusive token-gated content. It really starts to um, it really starts to put bubble wrap around your your customers, and so we're having a lot of fun exploring the space right now with a lot of our clients. Oh, I'm having fun hearing you talk about all this. You're speaking my you're speaking my language because this is what I'm always always talking about and doing my mini TED talks on Twitter Spaces about that. This is what we need to be doing in the space. I think this is what we need to be focused on. So I am 
just super, super excited about everything you guys are working on. Um, to bring it back to the LA, we are LA tech world. Um, what, you know, you guys are located in LA um, or have offices located in LA. What does, you know, being located in LA kind of have inf- influence wise on your company and your brand? I, uh, I'm from the West Coast originally. I actually grew up in Seattle and then I spent 20 years in New York City and my wife and I and our two kids just moved here back to LA. She's from LA about a year and a half ago. And, you know, I always like to say about LA that's amazing. There are the doers and there are the dreamers and some dreamers are not doers and some doers are not dreamers. But LA has this beautiful combination of both. Everybody out there, it, it, it's a very goal-oriented city, I feel like. People have a plan uh, and maybe they follow through on the plan or maybe they don't. But um, for us, it's a very inspiring place to be because there's a lot of dreaming going on here and people are not afraid to shoot for the moon um, and try to go all the way. And so for us, it's been a it, it, it's been in a great, great place to be. And we, our office, by the way, is, is in El Segundo. So we're uh, that's where we are. I love it. I love. I like. I like that area. I, I used to live down down in that area too. So I, I like that a lot. I'm also in LA, and you're totally right about that. It's very much like there. There, it's a very much doer and also dreamer place, which is it's exciting to be in because it's very inspiring to to be in that kind of um, environment. What about you, Thomas? Uh, where where are you originally from? LA or um, are you a transplant to LA? Semi uh, originally from San Diego. Born and raised, um, so not too far away. But I've, you know, I, I lived in LA for close to 12, 13 years, um, and then recently moved back down to Orange County. So staying West Coast. Um, but to Josh's point, yeah, I mean, this is this is the hub of creativity from my perspective. Not only not only from an artistic standpoint, you know, music, um, sculpting, and, and and spoken word and things like that, but really technology. And I think we have a lot of fun, you know mingling with with everyone that's pushing the limit pushing the boundaries thomas spends a decent amount of time in his car driving to el segundo is is, is the reality so i do lots of podcasts <laughs> including this one now that yeah. is also the reality that's also the reality of la <laughs> being on the freeway a lot <laughs> and i feel like you kind of touched on this already but you know is the aspect of creativity and that that element of la kind of why you all chose to be in la for a tech startup like this versus, you know, like the Bay Area or something like that? Well, it's, it's, a little, it's a little bit of that for sure. There are a lot of tech creatives here, which is a combination that's a little harder to find. And I think there are more here than in, in, in many other places. But there's also a, 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 a more uh, logical reason, which is, um, you know, Quincy Jones is one of the founding partners of our company and Quincy Jones Productions um, and one of uh, or basically formed formed this company together. And they were here uh, and their staff was all here. Um, and Adam Fell, who's the third co-founder and qu- uh, president of Quincy Jones Productions, uh, was here. And so um, when I was trying to figure out where I was going to go, our company is actually headquartered in LA and Miami. We have about 25 people in LA and about 25 people in Miami. And uh, so I ended up choosing when I was leaving New York to come to LA for, for that reason. Got it. Got it. No, that makes total sense. Um, and it makes sense for the type of company that you're And I love that term, tech creatives. 
I feel like I haven't heard someone say it like that. And that's such a simple, it would seem like just an easy thing to go to. But I'm like, ooh, I'm going to call myself a tech creative from now on. Well, I'm going to call my lawyer and trademark that right now. <laughs> you better go Before ahead. this call's over. <laughs> you better go ahead. Because that's a great, that's actually like when I say, when I was saying earlier that, especially I feel like the Web3 space has created this hybrid artist of artist executive it's that tech creative i've always been that way i've always gone to the newest thing that's coming out that's tech wise like i was on youtube first i was on you know twitter first i think that it's it's it gives a lot of freedom to artists and i i just i love that so yes you better go you better go trademark that because i'm going to start using it um (laughs) but yeah well well, it's fascinating it's fascinating i'm not going to name any names because he might be embarrassed but you know we have People on our product tech team who are in rock bands um, outside of work, um, people that are doing um, spoken word actually outside of work, people that are painters outside of work, and these are the people on our tech staff. These are not the these are not the artists, creative type uh, the, in terms of what their job is at our company. These are pure tech people, and so again, I'm not sure you'd get that in San Francisco to the degree that you get it in LA. Yeah, no, I, I think you're 100 percent right. Um, and I mean, it just sounds like for a company like like one of this L.A., the L.A. environment really helps accelerate your mission and what everything that, you know, everything that you guys are building. Yeah, no, that's really, really cool. Um, what other resources in L.A. Um, do you recommend to, you know, others in the tech space? What are your some of your favorite like, you know, um, resources and people and, and, and you know, companies and things like that that you connect with and work with on a regular basis that you would recommend? I don't know if I have any names off the top of my mind, but there are a tremendous amount of um, meetups that I've participated in where it's just individuals that come from unique backgrounds that all share a common theme of, of whether it's tech or artistry and just coming together and just being able to have that, that moment together and really just to build relationships and figure out what you can build together. I don't think I've experienced that. Like I've lived in, you know, from San Diego, um, uh, I've lived in New York. Um, I lived in Vegas for for a, a pretty decent stint. I haven't experienced the sense of community that LA brings when it comes to building these little micro communities around a certain theme or a certain passion point. And I just find that really inspiring and something that is is um, super unique to hear. Actually, yeah, you know, I I, I would agree with that. It, it's it, it's more philosophical, I guess, than specific, but. You know, I, I, I've, I've started and sold a couple companies. I've started and crashed a couple companies. That's the life of, of an entrepreneur. Um, but you know, most of my career has been very competitive spaces where people are definitely fighting against each other and there's going to be a quote winner. And I would say the LA blockchain space specifically is the opposite of that. Like our biggest competitor in the space at the time, who I won't name, introduced us to the tech that they were using. And told us that we should be using the one that they're using. And they were right. I don't know that that would have happened outside of the blockchain space. There really is this sense of we're all in it together. Let's all try to build this together. And, you know, rising tide rises all boats or whatever the expression that I just butchered is. Um, but, you know, there really is that sense in the space. And it, it's, it's beautiful, actually. It's not something that I have experienced in my career previously. I love that. That's so true. I, I find that 
myself um, just being in going through the different circles of Web3 from the creatives to the to the tech side, the startups, I everyone is very much um, supportive of each other. And it's almost like, you know, helping each other helps yourself because, you know, they may say, use this blockchain or use this, you know, use this developer, or use this tool. And that, you know, in the, the discoveries that you have with that technology, it ends up helping everyone else because then we, we learn new ways to use it. So um, I completely agree with that. Um, and, and in that space, what are some um, other uh, L.A. tech based companies, especially like Web3 based companies that you're you've come across lately that you're really impressed with? Yeah, you know, um, Autograph is a company that that we're, we're fond of that's here in L.A. Um, we've talked with them quite a bit and, they, and they've been very helpful and, um, you know, they've been very successful. So that's one that I can think of in the space we're in. So much of it is quiet behind the scenes type tech um that is not big bright names that that everyone knows um i don't know thomas do you have any any locals not any not not really any locals i think i think to what you just said though like it, it not not highlighting a certain company or, or or whatever but it really just comes down to more of the philosophical standpoint that everyone here is really in it to win it together and i think that's really what we found to be unique about the space yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, and that's a, also, I think you guys touched on one really great aspect of the Web3 space that you're also finding in LA is that community, those micro communities. I mean, you know, Web3 is full of, uh, of, of the Twitter spaces and the communities that are being built around different um, collections and things like that. Um, do, you, do you all do a lot of that kind of community building around the different projects and things that you are building with one of? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think Josh and, and the founding team just had a, uh, a, a, was it a Discord AMA yesterday, um, just kind of meeting up with the community and giving an update on, on the status of the company and what we're up to. And, you know, it's things like that, that I think help keep the, the core, um, you know, the core web three heads, you know, um, excited and just keep con- to, to driving this narrative forward. You know, I think the other side of it too, going back to the other question about, about businesses here and, and, and tech companies thinking through it, it's, it's, it's the uniqueness of, um, all the other brands that are related to just industry period. So large companies that are based in this area, these are all, these are all networking opportunities that we love to coordinate with and just bounce ideas around what you guys are looking to do in the web three space. What have you tried? What have you, where have you failed? How can we help? Um, so it's not specific to just technology companies that what's, what makes this area, I think unique to us. It's about just all brands and all companies that are in the space, entertainment businesses included. Sorry, that was a quick segue, but uh, wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, that was great. That was great. It's great. So, you know, I think that for the non-Web3 folks, or and I'm not non-Web3, I mean, eventually everybody's going to just be the web, but those who are not familiar with the technologies of Web3, can you give a quick, like, just a little overview of maybe like one of your, one or two of your favorite um, projects that you guys, maybe I shouldn't say favorite because nobody's a favorite. You guys love all the projects you're working on, but some highlight, you know, projects that you worked on that maybe like somebody who doesn't really understand um, Web3 or understand w- why they would, you know, utilize the technology. Um, it would kind of give them a quick grasp of, oh, yeah, I would love to do that because I would like to have that experience with my favorite artist or my favorite brand. Yeah, well, you know, I always like to say Web3 Web is is a funny term because if you asked 10 Web3 experts what Web3 is, you'd get 10 different variations of an answer. 
Um, in the end, we like to say we, we're just building advanced software. Um, I, I never even heard the term Web 2 until the term Web 3 came along. And then I was like, oh, that was Web 2. OK, I didn't know that was Web 2. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one sort of fun specific one and then I'll, and I'll then I'll give you maybe a, a larger sort of general one, which is, you know, probably my favorite project we ever did was with Biggie. Um, we ended up doing a deal with Biggie's estate and um, I signed a contract uh, and I was looking at the contract and it, it, it said his his mother had his mother had signed the contract. And I was a huge Biggie fan. I was like, I signed this contract and Biggie's mother signed. This is crazy, man. Uh, so that was like a real fanboy moment for me. But, you know, they came to us, um, the estate with um, the Fulton freestyle. I'm not sure if you're a Biggie fan, but when he was, I believe, 16, he famously did this freestyle rap in Brooklyn on Fulton Street. And you can go on YouTube and, and, and find it. And it's just brilliant. Um, and it had never been released before. And so we, with the estate, came up with this idea to sell a Biggie collection. And if you bought the Biggie collection, you and the other people that bought it ended up becoming the owners of this freestyle. So right now, there are 3,000 people that own th that Biggie freestyle, and they have the right to license it to someone. So if... I'm making it up. If Drake wants to put this verse in his next song and comes to a deal with the collective, then they all participate in the song. Um, and so that's kind of a fun, fun one for us. And by the way, um, we do have a secondary market. You can go to oneup.com and buy a biggie right now if you want. Um, so that, that's worth mentioning. Always plug. A more general one, which we think it goes back to the loyalty reward software. Um, you know, we all probably like I flew JetBlue three years ago and I haven't flown JetBlue since I have 4,000 miles in a JetBlue account that's going to sit there and do nothing because I probably won't fly them again for a while. Um, and they don't like that either because it sits on their books, on their accounting books for years and years and years, this 4,000 miles. So it's a great example of the portability of Web3. If that was a tokenized asset, I could trade it with somebody. I could sell it. Or if in our system, you know, we're trying to combine all of these brands together, maybe I go to Starbucks and I can buy my cappuccino with JetBlue points um, because there's a marketplace that creates a certain value for you. So that's what we're working on. We're really working on portability um, of, of rewards. I think Thomas got into it earlier. And I think it's a really good use case for Web3. Um, you know, the idea of a wallet in Web3 is very confusing to people. People, I actually must yeah, yeah, well... Uh, yeah, I must admit, I asked our own tech team like two years ago because I was a little bit of a novice coming into the space. I said, what's the difference between a wallet and an account? Isn't it a wallet just an account? And the answer was really enlightening to me. It was, no, an account is owned by wherever you have the account. If I have an account at Amazon, that's not my account. That's actually Amazon's account. A wallet is yours, and you can take it and move it somewhere else, and it's nobody's other than yours. And so when you connect your wallet to a brand, it's still yours, and, and, and you take things from it, and then you move it away from them, and they have no access to it. It is yours. Um, and so that's really the idea of Web3 is, is a consumer essentially taking ownership of what they do on the web. That was a great, great explanation because that is something that right now I'm working on a project where with a nonprofit and we're trying to figure out, you know, I guess we have to say wallet because that's what everybody knows, but we're really not trying to market this event, pro virtual event to 
just only Web3 people. And so while it is confusing, because it's like, okay, but if we're giving away things and there's prizes, can we call it a pouch? Can we call it a like something? Because people think <laughs> pouch, wallet, I like, I like people pouch. think, you know, a digital pouch. People think, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go now trademark that as well. People, people think when they think of wallet, they think of money. They think of only money. And it's more than just money that you're holding in this in this digital um, you know, uh, uh, receptacle or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so I, that was a great, that was a great explanation. Thank you. Yeah. No, it gets back to the thing we said at the beginning, the, the code words, the buzzwords, the tech words are distracting to people that are not already in the space. Um, so, you know, if you saw, it was, it's funny, if you saw our company decks two and a half years ago, when we first started versus now, you would see this evolution where we just stripped everything out you know we don't even say nfts anymore we don't say web3 really anymore we just say what it does this is what it does it's really interesting like out of all the calls that i have with different partners and we're talking about what we can do together i think and josh knows this i'll probably mention web3 once and then that's it and it goes back to that point that it's not about like the buzzwords it's about you know the solution and the output so 100%. I myself have been doing the same. It's just like the 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 solutions are the technology, but the product is not web three. It's it's the product, whatever the product is. So I completely agree with that. Um, Thank you guys so much. I want to jump into just some quick fire questions at the end here. What are your favorite tech tools uh, in terms of, you know, it could be apps, it could be software, it could be, it could even be hardware. What are what are some of your favorite tech tools? You know, what's funny is for me, I just, I, I like text. I loved, I love, like we have, we have Slack. We have, you know, we run on a lot of different communication tools over here, but um, text, texting always seems to just be the most personal and quick. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of the old school in that regard, I suppose. Oh, okay. Even beyond Slack. I gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm a content junkie. Um, my father was a, was, was a reporter, uh, and I, and I've always sort of been in the media space and, and I must admit, although Elon and I have some issues at this point, um, I, I, I use Twitter a lot because I'm a consumer of massive amounts of information and I get on Twitter a couple times a day and in 20 minutes you can consume, you know, hundreds of sort of factoids and, and thing. It's like reading the newspaper really, really, really fast um, if, if you do it correctly. So I, I, I'm, a big, I'm a big Twitter user. See, I can't, I can't do that because I will get sucked down a rabbit hole and suddenly like 45 minutes later and I'm still scrolling. I, I, yeah, you have to put a limit on it and then also like put a, a distraction thing, free thing on your phone. I, I can't have the push notifications coming because otherwise I'll be jumping back into Twitter. I'm like, I'm done with Twitter for today. No, but I, I love it. And Twitter has been a big um, catalyst for Web3 technology in general. Um, I think a lot of people, um, you know, are having their issues with Elon because it's kind of like going right again. Like it, it, Twitter has been such a good place for those conversations to happen, though, in general. And so, um, yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, what are this is going to be like completely random off of the Web3 track. But what are your favorite restaurants in L.A.? Or what would be one that you would suggest to somebody coming to L.A. for the first time? Well, it's kind of a cliche slash douchey answer, but I must admit I'm a sucker for um, Nobu Malibu sitting out there with the water coming under you and the lights on the water. And it's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful, beautiful scene. Um, I also really love Jones Pizza, by the way. Um, yeah, those were both good. I'm the same. I, I love a good dinner on the ocean in Malibu, for sure. <laughs> there's a 
It's not really like a secret spot by any means, but California Chicken Cafe is so good. Their combo wrap is, that's nice. I'm always a fan. And this is just a, a staple of LA hikes, you know, different trails. What's your favorite hiking location in LA? Anything in the Palisades, game on. Sign me up. Beautiful. Love, like, love the trails up there. Yeah. So I, I live in Manhattan Beach. And so most of the trails are, are, are a bit of a journey for me. But uh, the trails I go on, are I, I, I do walk along the Strand, you know, almost every single day. Um, and, and I spent 20 years in Brooklyn. And so the, the contrast uh, makes me smile every morning, although I love Brooklyn, but uh, I didn't get to look at the waves like I do now. So it's, it's a different scene. It's just totally a different scene. So yeah, no, I can imagine. I can imagine you traded the concrete for, for the, for the sand. <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys so much. You know, as we wrap it up, are there anything, is there anything special? I know you shared about the, now the new creator tools. Is there anything else special that you want to share that's coming from one of um, soon? Yeah, you know, the big thing coming is the self-mint platform, which we're really, really excited about. But, um, you know, I would just say we, we are we are big on collaboration um, and we're local and, and we love hearing from people that have this idea or that idea. Um, and we have lots of crazy people who will probably say, yeah, let's do that in our company. So, you know, for anybody listening, if you if you have some idea or something that you want to collaborate on, we are we're big into that. So I love it. I love it. And how would somebody reach you both if they wanted to find you or follow you on the socials? What, what would be the best way to find you? Yeah, website is uh, oneof.com. And then um, I would say at LinkedIn is I think we're Josh and I are both floating on LinkedIn every once in a while. Um, so that's a good place. And then you know, Twitter and Instagram and all the, all the rest. Go to, uh, go to one of.com is the easiest thing to do. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. And is there any way that the, we are LA tech community can support what one of is doing in any particular way? I think just engage on social, you know, we have, we have a, a, a really excellent um, marketing and social team that is always communicating and responding to DMS. So engaging on social, ask questions, um, you know, if you're unsure or need some advice on anything related to Web3, like we're happy to, to chime in and offer what we can. If you have a friend who's a brilliant artist, but maybe not the most tech savvy person, tell them there's this really easy platform where they can get their work onto Web3 and, um, and monetize it. So um, there you are. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm coming your way. I'm going to go check out all the new tools. So I'm super excited. Thank you guys both for your time. I appreciate you both coming on the show and sharing your story about One Of and your own stories. And we look forward to seeing what's coming next for One Of and look forward to just supporting what you all are doing. Thank you. To connect and collaborate with more amazing people in the LA Tech community, remember to go to the We Are LA Tech Facebook group at wearelatech.com forward slash community. That's wearelatech.com forward slash community. Say hello on socials at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Say hello to me on the socials at Felice Lize on all of those socials I just mentioned. And remember to always love yourself and have an amazing day. See you in another episode. How's it going? This is Thomas Fiss, SVP of Strategic Partnerships at One Of, the mass consumer Web3 company based in Los Angeles. And you are listening to We Are LA Tech. Hi, this is Joshua James, co-founder of One Of, the math consumer Web3 company. I'm based in LA and you're listening to We Are LA Tech.
The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.